R.I.P. Michael K. Williams. This is Corey, and this is the Oath Anth Podcast. A man, a man's got to have a code. <laughs> Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, this is Rob. Welcome to episode 387 of the Oath Anth Podcast, coming to you from all over Los Angeles, but Corey is there in the hashtag OTALA studios, gentrifying LA one neighborhood at a time. Oh, sports ball. Oh, that was the uh, that was the wrong one. There we go. Okay, go. Uh, you can find us on anchor.fm forward slash oh the anthem or on any podcatcher where you listen to podcasts. I think we're pretty much available everywhere. Uh, also, uh, oh the anthem on my social networks. Yes, of course. So also those as well. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we are uh, one day late uh, because it's Labor Day, motherfuckers, and we took the day off. Fuck. <laughs> you you expect us to labor on Labor Day? 387 consecutive weeks. You're complaining about a day. <laughs> um, also, we had planned to do it yesterday, uh, but then there was like a Sam's run and then there was uh, a draft. Yeah. Um, and then we were going to cook burgers, but we didn't. We watched something instead. Yeah. And, and then. We had to record uh, stuff for Roberto, so like things just got out of hand. And the next thing you know, it was like ten o'clock. Well, and then I also looked at you on at one point at like six o'clock while we were in the middle of the draft, and I was just like, "Did you bring any of your stuff to do the podcast?" And you're like, oh, "Nope." Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, oh well, yeah. I guess we'll do that tomorrow then." <laughs> didn't uh, didn't really think about that. Not used to the uh, packing the stuff up to bring over. That's the problem. It's, but uh, you know what? Not have anymore. Uh, for whatever reason, this day off kind of snuck up on me because I was telling people like, oh, I'll get in touch with you on Monday and then they're not thinking about it. So, uh, yeah, I'll get in touch. <laughs> I'm back, backed up a little bit on that, but we'll get a, yes, this day off snuck up on Corey who works <laughs> 12 days a year. Yeah. That's not uh, true. Who, who complained about not working for the entirety of 2020. This day off just snuck right up on him. So. <laughs> I could see how that would happen. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll say, though, uh, September the 1st did sneak up on everyone who, I guess, forgot that back in the spring, Texas is like, hey, we'd like to start our own Sharia Republic. Um, we're going to wait until September, though. And then, surprise, it's September. Yeah. Uh, and all that stuff came into being. And people were like, wait, 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 hey, hey, what's all this about? Yeah. And like, oh, remember when we said um, Sharia law and all that stuff? Um, yeah, it's, that's what we're going to do now. And, um, uh, everyone was like, Oh yeah. And then, uh, everyone seemed to forget until midnight when the law was about to take place, when everyone like looked over the Supreme court, like y'all going to do anything about this or you got a plan to do something. <laughs> no, like, and no. then nothing happened for a while. And then all of a sudden there was a, how do we define this? A preliminary ruling basically, or. Uh, yes, it was a non-ruling, a requested non-ruling ruling, basically, yeah. uh, because they didn't get the enough justices to even start the process for uh, a hearing. So, yeah. So basically what we got was a non-decision decision that yeah. uh, puts the conservative judges minus John Roberts uh, in a 5-4 uh, over the liberal faction. And yep. uh, for the time being, in Texas, uh, abortion is basically illegal uh, because most women don't know that they're pregnant prior to six weeks. So uh, I will say I could also, use this um, as an example in my own life because I didn't know Rachel was pregnant for like five months. So to be fair, though, there's almost no law in the United States that would have protected you from finding out at 34 weeks that you're <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, like I'm not saying it was an option. I'm just saying uh I'm just saying that, like, uh, I, for me in particular, I thought about this a lot because uh, 
you know, w- what if some woman was in the same exact predicament as uh, my girlfriend was, and yeah. now that baby is happening. Like, there's no, there's no, and the the heartlessness. I mean, you know, the 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 lack of choice is one thing, but the heartlessness that is going along with it, I think, is what makes this thing so unbelievable to me. The fact that a there's no protections for a woman. Uh, under rape, any circumstances, or yeah, rape yeah. or incest. Uh, there's only one for uh mother's health, right? Like as far as yep. like the no, I thought yep. there was some sort of like carve out in case there was like a 100 so, percent this was going to kill the mother. You use the term mother's health, yeah. which in other states is defined very broadly. So let's be very specific. If the death of the mother and thus her inability to produce more children would be a problem, then yes, that is a carved out exception. But the mother can die if there is a better than equal chance that the fetus would survive given that the mother will die. So death in childbirth, not a, um, not not a deal breaker. Yes. Um, So long as the fetus also has a chance to survive. So essentially it puts the fetus, the life of the fetus above the life of the mother and understandably so because there is a 50 50 chance that that fetus is male and therefore should have rights that the mother just shouldn't have I yeah mean, i mean honestly i mean uh, it it sure seems that way the the well, fact that a, say, Corey, the to, fact to that your a, point, a a, to your, a, to a thing earlier though yeah. um just so we're clear there is no state in the union where a woman can have indigestion and go to the doctor and come home with a baby and <laughs> her husband can look at her like so what are you going to do which <laughs> I learned, given Corey's situation, is not an appropriate response when your friends have been dating for a long time and they are in a long-term relationship and very happy. You, it, you're not 22 anymore, and you're not hooking up in college. You're not gonna like look at your friend like, "So what are you guys gonna do?" Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have a baby. That's what's gonna that's what's gonna happen. And then you have to walk it back. Like, just, I'm just kidding, of course. <laughs> but I mean, like 30. What, we're at 30 30 weeks. I mean, that's still time. We still got time though. <laughs> no, I I think uh I think this decision has also, been made. No, yeah. yeah. Yes, that's but, you know, uh, And if uh, people you ask, uh, I am enjoying a delicious Yoohoo beverage <laughs> on a on a high note. I found some Yoohoo. I'm I, drinking that. I and you know what? It, this is this is the thing that has always kind of uh gotten me about uh people in this country. Uh like generally speaking, a woman's right to choose is uh, pretty high. <laughs> like if you polled people and said, "Should women have the right to have an abortion?" You know, given some sort of agreed upon framework. I don't know. You know, none of these things get too specific into like exactly the the means by which it happens. But should a woman so, so have they, a right to choose do, is high. They they do. Generally speaking, the line at which you start to have fall off is twenty four weeks fetal oh, viability. Yeah. If somebody says any time up to twenty weeks where essentially it's a a bundle of organized cells at best and could not survive outside of the woman's body. And almost everybody, 70 to 80% of Americans just say, well, I mean, uh, yeah, it's at eight weeks, at 12 weeks, at 15 weeks, it's a bundle of cells. So yes, the woman should have the choice. Once you hit fetal viability, then you get into the problem of like, well, now it's kind of its own person. It's kind it, of a living thing. If it, yeah, it could survive it, on its own. Yeah, and which is know, also, by the way, very difficult. At, at twenty-two weeks, if oh, you yeah. live in Baltimore and you're going to Johns Hopkins and 
you know, um, Ben, uh, uh, Ben Carson. Carson is not working there anymore, but, or he is working there, but it's 1999 for whatever reason, then you're probably good. Uh, but otherwise, uh, you're, you're not, if you're in Oklahoma, 22 weeks is not viability. That's like also bad, maybe 32 weeks. You're, you're in viability range. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't matter. That's the, that's the line. And, and but I'm, but I'm saying like, even, ridiculous. you know, I've never, I I've, I've stated before, I don't think I could ever personally go through with it. I don't think I could ever, you know, and especially now that I'm out of the portion of my life where, you know, like you're in short term relationships or something like that, you know, I Wait, could never don't speak too soon. Listen, there's <laughs> divorce, there's second halves. I, I don't want to shoebox you in just, Listen, custody, I was a divorce and custody attorney. We can take care of this situation. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm good. I'll let you know. I'll let you. <laughs> if something changes for whatever reason, I think you'll know. Uh... Let's find out if she's watching. In 10 seconds, if you hear a scream from the other room, you'll know. <laughs> no, if we know anything, we know that Rachel's not watching. <laughs> so, uh, no, but I mean, like, I think... Uh, you know, I've never been I've never been comfortable with the idea of going through uh, with an abortion. Thankfully, I never had to make that decision on my own because I'm a male and therefore do not have to worry about True. the actual pregnancy part of it. But you, uh, I don't think which you would be the decision been, of the other per. What have you ever been involved in that? Have you ever been in that close, even in a, a theoretical but not a actual situation? I mean, I've been in a in a. Uh, Real late, late period before <laughs> like you know i've been in that situation they're uh, doing backwards math like uh... <laughs> like wait a minute here <laughs> no but i mean like what what is even though i never i never thought of myself as somebody who could be involved in an abortion uh doesn't mean that i feel like other people shouldn't have the right to make that decision you know that's the that's always been the line to me like I wouldn't want somebody deciding something for me that is wrong, and I don't want somebody deciding something for somebody else that's wrong. Like, well, listen, as as a white man, uh, a white cis hetero man, I know that my opinion has not been valued very much in this country. <laughs> Clearly, <But> what, <laughs> Clearly it's... I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, listen, I I, uh, I I don't smoke marijuana. I don't ingest marijuana i don't like the way that it makes me feel not that i've never done it i don't like the way it makes me feel so i don't do it um i don't then go well because i can't enjoy it because even when i do take it i don't feel good everyone else should should not enjoy it um yeah especially people I, who actually get some sort of like realist you know like sure the ones i feel horrible for like in that case are like there's people who have seizures and marijuana yeah. helps calm their seizures there is not a, a reason in the world that that person shouldn't be allowed to hit like a marijuana vape vape every once in a while because they're not getting high. They're not like becoming like Cheech and Chong driving around town. They're just smoking enough so that their seizures go away. And I don't think that's an unreasonable request, you know? Uh, on the other hand, much like if I a woman is raped, I don't think it's an unreasonable request that she'd be allowed to, you know, not like, be pregnant, not be pregnant not, with the rapist yeah. child. And then also not be punished worse than the rapist would be hypothetically in a court of law. That, yeah, that's a, a whole other aspect. Uh, but I, on the other hand, uh, I was going to say, I, I also think that uh, belief in God is foolish given logic. So I see people who give 10% of their earnings to a, a snake oil salesman 
as a form of mental disability and that we should protect those people by not giving them money and just putting it in a trust that, that takes care of them. Um, but that's my belief. I, I cannot enforce my belief that religion is essentially just a pacifier for adults so that you don't have to take possession of your life or any sort of determination whatsoever, um, which is how I feel. But I can't force you to do that. You, yeah. everyone can do your, pray, you know, thoughts and prayers and all that kind of stuff, whether or not you actually do it. So by both tokens, I would never, in, I would never force my view uh, of prohibition on someone. And I would never force my view of um, allowing something on someone because I chose not to partake or to partake in something. Um, and I think that's the problem is that too many people, it's not enough that I am allowed to step aside. It's if you are allowed to do it, that somehow harms me. And I just don't understand that logic, that, that whole, like, well, if gay people get married, it makes my marriage less worthy. Well, because, because in the, this is part of the, the logical fallacy I was talking to you about last week when you were talking about like how nobody you're smart and you know what's right and nobody listens to you and blah 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 yeah. and all the time anybody Weird. anybody who doesn't agree should be cordoned off from the rest of society and stuff like that concentrated somewhere outdoors yeah enough of that uh i think that i think what's clear here is that uh Everyone at some point or another, regardless of where they are in the political stripe, will feel like they have to do something that will overstep the normal bounds of law to get what they feel is right to uh, feel satiated in the, in their decisions and their their lifestyle. Like, I mean, like that's the, the, to me, you know, I, I I don't I don't understand why the the sort of broad strokes of the libertarian movement has not. <laughs> not working with more people because it's all about it's all about person like let everyone live their own goddamn life like, now that see, <laughs> that's that is your uh, your depiction of it but that is not real libertarian well no the libertarianism problem is is ridiculous the problem that's the, the problem, problem is libertarianism eventually gets overrun by people who aren't libertarian who say they're libertarian and then make yes. other people think that that's what libertarians are but it's not yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, I, th I think I've said the same thing about communism. Like, and it's that most ideal form, communism should work, but it never works because at some never point along the line, corruption overtakes it. And then yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's just not uh, uh, meant to survive overwhelming corruption, you know? Well, like, I just am like, libertarian. Just like libertarian in the way. does not. But beside the point, uh, let's go back to SCOTUS here on this whole thing. Yes. Okay. Uh, because. I know I saw a lot of people who are confused as to how uh, the Supreme Court did this with their no decision decision in which yeah. there was a vote. <laughs> so uh, perhaps uh, with your uh, with your legal knowledge, you could help explain this a little bit to people and what this how how you would describe this as like an end around basically to Casey and Roe and the other established uh, abortion laws that the Supreme Court has taken in the past. Yeah. So, so um, the history of, of abortion law leading up to and since Roe, uh, Roe and its progeny, uh, if you want to think of it that way, basically revolved around laws in which the attorney general of a state is the person who is responsible for enforcing a law. 
And therefore, it gives you a person to sue. So last year, well, no, it's been a long time. Uh, 2016, 2017, there were a spate of like anti-abortion laws all across the country. Mm. And all of them were struck down uh, because before they even were enacted, <coughs> before they were able, even able to like be enforced, basically, Planned Parenthood was able to sue the attorney generals at the attorneys general as the enforcers of those laws to say, this is an unconstitutional law. You are the person responsible and therefore I can sue you and then get relief. The genius. And I don't know who drafted SB seven, but, or SB eight, sorry, SB eight, but it is genius. And that is because there is no person responsible for enforcing it, but everybody is responsible for enforcing it. Essentially, it turns all of us in some sort of Orwellian 1984 into snitches on each other. And it rewards the snitchery with $10,000. Yeah. So if you snitch on someone and it is after investigation proven to be accurate, now you are the one who starts the investigation. Everything needs to be investigated and it's found to be true. You are rewarded with $10,000, and then there's a criminal sanction. But it's and not And you get enforced. your legal fees covered for... That's the other thing. So it's actually an investigation that... There is this concept that a private person can start a lawsuit that is then taken up by either the state or federal government. I can't remember the Latin for it, but I probably should look that up. Uh, but nonetheless, it, it's a, uh, if I start suing a company, and then eventually I convince through my evidentiary procedures the federal government that like, oh, this guy's got a point. They can take up the case in my stead on behalf. They don't take it up. All of the people of the United States take it up in the form of the U.S. government. So it could have it, it could have been Cheek versus Nike, hypothetically, just to yes. pick a random company. Uh, and if the American people or, you know, the attorney general or something like that sees that and says, oh, wow, that's a really interesting case we're now going to make it the people versus nike so it wouldn't be it would still be cheek versus nike but the people of the united states would intercede on behalf of cheek which means that now i'm no longer paying my legal fees because now i have 40 lawyers paid for by the government so yeah. i am still the the the, the uh, uh prosecuting party but i'm not i'm also not really the prosecuting party if that was nike v cheek which is theoretically possible if i don't know I blew up their factory somewhere, yeah. then the government couldn't, in, in fact, intercede on behalf of Nike and it would remain Nike v. Cheek, but then I would be up against not the 10 Nike lawyers, but the 40 lawyers from the U.S. government. Yeah. Also, probably uh, some lawyers from like Vietnam or wherever the factory is that I blew it up. <laughs> but uh, hypothetically, of course, not uh, literally, but um, the ingenious part of this is that you snitch on someone. The police essentially, or an arm of the government does a bit of investigation and then provides that evidence to you and you can use it in a lawsuit against the person. And then you are the prosecuting party. You person are the prosecuting party. And then you don't get your, your, uh, money from the government. You can get your attorney's fees from them, yeah. from the party you're suing. And it is, it is so blissfully genius it's a way around every bit of judicial precedent that we've had because there's no one to sue you have to wait for the first person to be successful and the liability is so high that people are shutting down in anticipation of not being the first person to be sued yeah because 
in the end, Planned Parenthood may not be the person who gets sued. Now they could afford a lawsuit. They would love to take one, I would bet, just to get this out of the way. But they wouldn't be the person who sued. Uh, the aunt of the 15-year-old girl who drove her to Planned Parenthood would, could be sued. Or the unsuspecting Uber driver who takes a woman to. Or an to, Uber driver. Yeah. Yes. So now Planned Parenthood has to say, are we going to take the liability of every Uber driver who comes near our clinic because somebody gets dropped off down the block and then comes for an appointment and somehow that gets looped in to us? It's insane. Um, so the liability is too high and they shut down. It's ingenious. But that also... Uh, so that also, uh, not a but, I guess an and with a but forthcoming. That means that when there's nobody to sue, there's no one to give injunctive relief against. So the Supreme Court can't just jump in and hold and say that hypothetically somebody will be injured by this lawsuit. There has to be an yes. injury prior to us to be able to rule. Because it's a person v. person. It's not a state v. person or an actor in the state v. person. It, there's, there's no injured party until there's an injured party. It would be like if I ask the Supreme Court to uh, give me a, a, a consideration ruling that Corey may, in fact, um, you know, raise so, I mean, a serial like, killer who is risking my life. Well, the, It's possible, uh, probable, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that it will happen, and it's a person-to-person -person suit. So. Let's, say, let's say I have a, uh, a fun house, a carnival fun house in Arkansas, where there are no yeah. carnival fun house regulations. Sure. There's no governing body. It's just like an honor system. And sure. I have a attraction that is walk around in this in this room filled with knives and the lights out. Sure. Uh, any reasonable person who hears about that will say somebody is going to get injured by this thing. But technically, nobody can sue until somebody walks in there and gets injured. Correct. Like you can't. And that person can sue the owner. Yes. Yeah. But if Arkansas had a law that said. Fun houses are allowed, and here's the rules, and we have this special exception for dark rooms with knives in them, and this is enforced by the attorney general through whatever department. Then you could sue the attorney general to say, yeah, this, this can't, is a this room. This is not it's allowed dumb. to be here. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, this yeah. violates the, the law difference. before even doing hurting anybody, you know? Right. The, the question is, on its face, is it unconstitutional? That is all. That, right now, I think that is the case. We can see on its face that this is an unconstitutional law. The second part of that is who is the injured party and who is the injuring party and what relief can be granted? And so, right uh, now, that's a question. So, I mean, say a year from now, we have a lawsuit that's ready for the Supreme Court based off of this case, you know, because it'll take sure. a little while for somebody to get snitched first. Uh, that's you know, the people do, taking down the website every other day. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I, I do have to applaud the people who realized that they were going to be in the in the buzzsaw and just got out of the way immediately like uh GoDaddy who yeah. <laughs> was just like yeah so we found out that this site is going to be the place uh that all these things go through and then you got it from us and we're going to tell you right now you're not anymore so find new web well, we'll give you the name you, you can take your yeah. name and go we're not hosting fuck all from your site <laughs> but in 24 hours it. we expect you to be gone so please get the fuck out yeah. um you know and all the great the good citizens of TikTok and YouTube who have decided to uh, come up with scripts and uh, <laughs> fake abortion stories to uh, waste the resources of the government entity, saw, which eventually has to investigate these things. I saw a TikTok where the dude wrote a, essentially a machine learning script that would glean stories from a town that had an abortion clinic in it. 
and make up abortion stories with real names of real people, which is just an insane waste of, of resources for the state. Now that sucks, but also this law is dumb as fuck. Yeah. So you're getting these like, oh, here is a, a furry porn. That's clearly not something we need to investigate. Here's a story about Abigail Miller, a 15-year-old from this small town. And See, just a little bit of research, you find out there is an Abigail Miller. And you're like, we got to get digging in this and realize later a machine just fucking wrote that, that's what That's what worries me, though, in a way, is that like, uh, you know, what if... <laughs> What if there you you broadly paint you know there's a Jane Smith in Dallas who had mm-hmm. an abortion last week, and then they find the Jane Smith and she did in fact like have an abortion. She went to you know Minnesota for a week and had an abortion while she was gone. Uh, so uh, that that is a question. That I would, I would hate. Say that- I would hate to say you know to people like I think it's genius that people are trying to sort of like make the site unusable by filling it with a bunch of crap. But at the same yeah. time, I'm I much like I worry about the unintended consequences of any law putting police involved with other people. Like I just don't I, I, I don't see the benefit of uh Texas would not pursue that. Texas would not pursue that. Because Because it if, happened out of the state. If Jane went to Michigan to Minnesota, instantly it's a federal case, Supreme Court gets involved. So it's a, now a complication of suing across lines of a state. Mm-hmm. They're not going to, they're going to look at that and be like, we shouldn't, we shouldn't touch that one. No, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. Well, so, I want the girl who went to Fort Worth and got one. Well, so let me ask you this. If you were uh, hypothetically a uh, woman who was worried about uh, an unintended pregnancy yeah. and you lived in Texas right now, uh, what would your, let, let's put you at like 16 just to make it a little bit harder for you to just like up and leave, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, what is your what is your thought process right now? Like, what what kind of legal uh, remedies would you it, be potentially? Obviously, you know, like <laughs> you can't you can't. Uh, every si- legal situation is different, and you would have different recommendations for individual situations. But just sort of as a broad ideal, if I was a sixteen year old girl in Texas, I would get on birth control immediately. Immediately. Yeah. Some reliable, not like I have to remember a pill every day and some days I forget and then I find out I'm pregnant 35 weeks later. Like something I don't have to think about. Like neuro implant, IUD, something. Also, any sex, oral, vaginal, any kind of sex at all. Any sort of sexual kind. A man takes off his pants in the house I am also located in. He's wearing a condom. I don't care. All day, every day. Um gotta wear a condom every time in the shower now condom. We are, yes we are <laughs> doubling it up uh, my boyfriend gets out of his bedroom where he's also on a twin bed and gets in the shower i want him to put on a condom before he gets in the shower just because i don't want any incidental uh con fluid contact whatsoever um you know I, jfk was in texas he got a magic bullet i don't want a magic sperm flying <laughs> around this house banging off three mirrors and getting me pregnant so i think that is uh number two now, the problem is, this is exactly what um, the, the, the men in the Texas State House want. They essentially want to control women because the next step is also, I don't have sex. Uh, because I am so concerned about getting pregnant as a woman in Texas that I don't have sex. And now they've won that, that argument, right? It's us controlling me, man who is in the state house, controlling the body of a woman and, and forcing her, my will upon her, which is to be chase. So 
it's tough. Um, there are groups available online that will buy you a Greyhound bus ticket to get you to Albuquerque or Oklahoma City. I mean, wouldn't people technically be in violation of law if they took a ticket to another state to get an abortion? Uh, yes. I wouldn't, just don't like, think Texas is going to pursue them because I think that that is going to be a fast track too. And the other thing is, look, if you cross from Texas to Albuquerque, you're now moving from the Seventh Circuit to the Tenth Circuit. And they're definitely not going to take that case because the Tenth Circuit is California, <laughs> right? But I'm saying so, like, uh, say you're uh, you're Roberta Cheek, right? Yeah, and you're 16 years old and you live in Austin, right? I'm just saying. Also, if you have a uh, if you have a daughter, Roberta, <laughs> come on, that's a that's a solid. It's name. a name. I mean. It's a name. Uh, you have a you have a Roberta Cheek in Austin, Texas, right? Yeah. Uh, and she is doing all the safety things. She's doing she's doing everything she can, but some, somehow something happened, and she got pregnant. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, she's also taking birth control tests like every week, just to <laughs> just to stay on top of it. But that's six you know, weeks. That birth control uh, or that uh test might not necessarily grab it the first three or four weeks per se. Six 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 to eight weeks. Yes, might not grab it. Yeah. 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 But I'm saying, like, even even on the best case scenario, you're ga- grabbing it before the heartbeat for like two weeks, maybe, maybe. maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, are you, you know, like, do at what point do you think this law impacts people who would help you get somewhere? You know, like, you want to go to Albuquerque and get the abortion. You know, if your mom helps you buy an airplane ticket because you don't have a credit card. Or, you know, if your friend gives you a ride to the airport or, uh, you know, you stay at a Marriott the night before and somebody checks you in, like, are any of these things like. (laughs) I I think if you are if you are being helped by uh, Barbara in San Francisco, who buys you a ticket and sets you up with a hotel in Albuquerque, Barbara don't give a fuck. Yeah. Uh, Barbara's like, yeah, Texas, come fucking get me. Yeah. Um, yeah. is your mom going to do it? Probably not. Uh, is your, uh, really liberal aunt who lives in Austin, is she going to think twice? Yes. Because she lives in the state and she has to worry about living in that state and being chastised by the state. Barbara's going to say, come get me fucking Texas. Good luck. Yeah. Come get me. Um, maybe I just won't ever travel to Texas. And again, now we're getting into the privileges and immunities clause. Like I'm a wanted felon in one state for an action which is legal in most of the other states. Right. So, um, and generally yeah. legally federal. Like, I mean, like. Well, no. Ro- it's not legally federal. It's just not not covered by any federal statute. Yeah. I mean, there, and I, that's I, a I, guess, I guess the Roe, you know, the Roe decision, the, the Casey decision were both setting the legal framework for precedent in the Supreme Court, but. It sets a precedent that states are allowed to make laws up to this point, yeah, but no further. Um, This could easily be taken care of by the federal government in any capacity legislating on this topic. Yeah. Because the supremacy clause says federal law is superior to any state law, and we must have equality amongst all the states. So either every state can make their own law or the federal government makes a law and it it overtakes every other state. So if Congress... Made a law, they could get around it. They could be end it right now, but they refuse to. This is this is the real problem I find with uh, uh well, the oh, Democrats are in the minority. They're in the minority in both houses. Yeah. We have the Republicans I mean, in clearly. the White House. So how are we going to get anything done? 
clearly the House, the Senate, and the White House are all not Democrats. So what could what what could be done? I mean, like it's just a it's an unsolvable problem. Oh, it's wait a minute, Handmaid's Tale out there. Wait a minute, hold on. What happened in November? I mean, Did, the Democrats won everything. Wait, didn't we? They're, they're... They won everything, right? So we have the House and we have the Senate and we have the White House. Yeah, but they're cowards. They're cowards. Oh, that's right. You can't yeah. trust them to do anything because they never yeah. do fucking anything. That's the that. Oh, yeah. of course. Uh, what did I forget? Uh, anytime there is a big, huge issue in this world and uh, Democrats find themselves in the favorable side of it, uh, where like most people in this country support some sort of abortion for people and the Democrats as a party agree in abortion for people or, or pro-choice for people, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Uh, the, I, I don't understand why nobody is doing literally anything. Like there was a weak ass thing from, uh, uh, fucking the attorney, you know, uh, fucking what's his name? Uh, department. Oh, of the U S attorney general. Yeah. Uh, yeah. God damn it. Why can't I forget his name? I'll look it up. He was going to be a justice. It was going to be on the oh, screen. Eric, uh, uh, Garland. Mayor yeah, Garland. Garland. Fucking Garland. Like, who, to the best of my knowledge, has literally done nothing except for saying that they're going to continue uh, there's, defending there's Trump in a do. lawsuit. There's nothing he can do, though. No, Congress I know, but I'm saying, like, at the, at the very least, fucking, if I, was a, if I was a Democrat in the House or the Senate right now, or Biden, or anybody of any kind of substance, I'd be out in front of as many cameras as I could possibly get in front of. And say this is sick. This is unbelievable. People in America don't believe in this. This is, you know, there are, there are four countries in the world that are this restrictive on abortion. Mex- uh, no, no, three. Mexico used to be one. Yeah. They, as of today, are not. It yeah. is now decriminalized. Abortion is decriminalized in Mexico. So it is safer for a woman to cross the border into Mexico and get an abortion than to have one in the state of Texas. No, but I'm saying like Saudi Arabia and North Korea are like the two states where yeah. it's more restrictive, right? Or the two now, nation yes. states where it's most restrictive. Yep. So literally every other nation in the world is more progressive than this Texas law, other than two. And we're going to. So you you asked me you asked me what I would do if I was a 16 year old in Texas. Yeah. Here is the advice I would want to hear if I was 16 and in Texas. Um, construction sites are generally not well guarded and 100 pounds of fertilizer, one gallon of diesel fuel. Okay. I think we, uh, I think we very (laughs) well marked and very unsecure. You want to build a triangle facing the point of the triangle in the direction that you would like the explosion to go. Moving on. It's a big box. What Rob's them all over the place. The uh, thoughts and opinions of Rob are his and his. (laughs) available on the internet man i listen i i don't know what to tell you no i understand we don't i mean like people can people can buy the turner diaries on their own they don't need to fucking first of all that wasn't the turner diaries that was a description from the oklahoma city trial of timothy mcveigh yeah available (laughs) the full full outline available online government documents if you want to the justice department has them well, basically, the Turner Diaries is the genesis to that <laughs> that book of the Bible. It's also true. Uh, <laughs> so read pretty often by Timothy McVeigh. Um, moving on. Uh, on top of uh, the mind numbingness of what's going on in Texas, uh, we are dealing with the endless crises that 
will continue to envelop our world. Yes. Never, you know, we, <laughs> we're we're both of the millennial generation. Uh, don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Uh, I, I am I, generation. I'm generation X. I don't care what anybody says. I wish. Uh, I wish I didn't have to call myself that, but I mean, you know, it's true. And the fact is that, you know, in our adult lifetimes, we've had 9-11. We've had multiple financial collapses. We've, <laughs> we've had yearly, yearly once in a lifetime occurrences. Yeah. We've Every had, year we have a once in a lifetime occurrence. We've had unbelievable storms. We've had uh, climate change. We've had, you know, the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. Two wars, two trillion dollar wars. Uh... Uh, and then on top of everything, a uh, pandemic, which uh, has made our lives incredibly difficult. <laughs> and unlike any other generation that has lived. Uh, so here we are, uh, 2021, sort of the the heart of all these things sort of coming together all at once. Uh, we have left Afghanistan. Troops are finally out of, out of Afghanistan. Now it seems like some people want us to go back and get into other armed confrontations around the world. Middle which, East, Nicaragua. Uh, just Canada. anywhere. You know, anywhere where you can say terrorism uh, yeah. is good enough. And, uh, you know, we can... By the way, uh, now that we're out of Afghanistan, shouldn't we just roll back the Patriot Act? Can we all agree? We, Patriot Act, Afghanistan, Afghanistan, Patriot Act. I feel like that's... I, I think I think somebody... Some, some politician is losing out on the incredible advantage of being the guy who goes out there and says, uh, elect me as president... And I will overturn the Patriot Act. I will get rid of the NSA. <laughs> I will do. I will get okay, rid wait. of all the all the surveillance state out there. Wait, and I'm gonna, take over. I'm gonna take over for just a second. Okay. President is a a position that has no meaning. Benevolent oh. dictator. I've been pushing this for a while. If you make me benevolent dictator, I'll roll back the Patriot Act. Uh, I will make an investment in our infrastructure that is sorely needed. Uh, trains, as far as the eye can see, so many trains, Corey's head will explode. <laughs> NASA, so much funding for NASA. We're going to go to the moon and Mars and beyond. Um, now there will be camps. Yes. Some people, some undesirables, uh, will be, will be, uh, I think you should quit. I think you should quit while you're I'm not just near saying, ahead. <laughs> look, look in my direction and say, please save us. And I will say yes. I have carried you kicking and screaming, and I will do it again. And in the end, you'll thank me. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> how many times must I moving on this this episode? <laughs> no, uh, but uh, listen, we 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 are we are in now. Uh, I, I saw something literally right before we went live, and I, and it's so weird that it like that's. I mean, it's in the zeitgeist, I guess. But you know, it's people have been talking about mental health a lot, which is great, and. I've been trying to put my finger on where I am and it's not depression because like I can look at the symptoms and say, I'm not depressed, but I'm clearly something's not normal and I'm not anxious. It's not an anxiety thing. It's lethargy. We have reached the point of lethargy where uh, your, our entire systems are so burned out from crisis after crisis, after crisis, after crisis, it's fires and protests and hurricanes and elections and civil rights being taken away. And now it's like a women's right to choose being taken away. Voters rights acts all over the country. It's just hit after hit after hit after hit. And eventually like listen, human beings are pretty dynamic. We have survived 
900,000 years because we recognize patterns, because we are smart enough to use tools to get out of them. But the problem is those systems are being stressed to the max. And now we don't know how to deal with a constant state of crisis. And we also are in the point now where it's like, I am so I'm so crisised out that some people are making up patterns where they don't exist. They're looking for conspiracy where none exists. They are not believing the factual evidence in front of them because their brain is telling them nothing is real. Trust nothing. Yeah. And that's almost understandable because we are so burned out. Yeah. And, and I, I kept saying I'm burned out. I'm burned out, but I get up, I go to work every day. I come home, I get my three hours of game time in. So like, it's hard to say I'm burned out too. And I'm not really burned out. It's just, I am now set in a pattern and tanks could come rolling down Sunset Boulevard. And I would be like, eh, Wednesday. I guess we're at that point of the story. <laughs> like, we're here. Yeah. All right. Let's go meet the new boss. Probably same as the old boss. Yeah. I, uh, and that's where we are. I mean, I I think about it too. Uh, I I I kept saying it was like PTSD with like COVID. It like is. People... I mean, it's a form of PTSD. <laughs> but I mean, like, really, you know, to to what it feels the last twenty-ish years of our lives have been like is more or less a like a when you hear stories about people who lived in war-torn countries, like yeah. <laughs> Afghani's, which. Slept Afghanistan. Listen to a story about some Afghan child who says, you know, I was five years old. And then in the middle of the night, all of a sudden we heard this loud crash and we go outside and our town's on fire. So we had to leave the house that we owned in Kabul because it was just bombed. And now we go to our grandmother's house and she lives all the way across the country. And we had to, you know, shepherd all our belongings and, you know, like the it's a. In some awful manner, which Americans would never comprehend, like having to walk across Afghanistan or yeah, something. The like entire that. country? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you get to this new place and you're living with your aunt, and then you can't sleep because you're so worried that you're going to go to sleep and there's going to be bombs that fall. And then every once in a while, bombs fall. And then yep. your, new, your new home is destroyed. And, you know, someone you love is dead. And, you know, it's just constant building upon uh the the inability to be peaceful the inability to to just be able to like i you know like i can't uh i think i i'm personally at the point where i would love nothing more than if i could just go somewhere for a month and just check out like yeah. <laughs> not have a phone not check the news not watch tv don't do anything you know just go somewhere and check out and just try and relax the best i can and I don't think I could do that because by the time I would get back, I would find out about the five life-changing things that happened in the month that I was gone. Yeah, you, know, you know, this week Texas fucking legalized abortion or uh, legalized abortion, basically. Uh, you know, it, the the four weeks of events that had happened prior to this. Like, you know, I, if I came back from a vacation today, I would be. I'd be confused and un uh, not understand why we are in the place we are based off of the events that have just happened. But I mean, that that's the other aspect of it too, right? It's that um, although we've gone through this crisis after crisis after crisis, we also have continued on relatively normally. Like what new show is out? 
And I feel behind because it took us eight weeks to watch Suicide Squad. Yeah. And there was all these memes that I didn't get because I, I hadn't seen it. So I didn't know like, oh, that's what that thing is with the bird. I, I understand the bird meme now because mm-hmm. I saw the movie now. And like, it is insane. I, I, so I'm thinking about my dad who was born in 1937. So he was a little boy, but does vaguely remember living through World War II and how just it occupied every bit of his being. Like yeah. he remembers his mom going out around town, being with her in the like Model A Ford that they had, collecting scrap and how if they were going to be out near dark, she had to put the covers. They lived in rural Missouri, like the furthest from Japanese bombing possible, but they put covers on the headlights, right? So that they were only slits because we got to be careful just in case the Japanese are coming to bomb and like collecting scrap, not for themselves, but to go turn in at the war office because we'll get all the aluminum. We'll get all the steel. We'll get everything together and turn it in and turn it into a tank. You're just, your entire life is wrapped up in that. And it's like, what happened on the the latest episode of Bob Hope? Oh, or wait, uh, Bob Hope. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Bob Hope. Um, Well, Bob Hope's not making his fucking show. Because Bob Hope is overseas entertaining the troops. So we're going to watch reruns of the last 30 years of TV. That's all that's on. And we are going through this two 20-year wars and a pandemic and the the new girls putting out a new season or like Friends is having a reunion. (laughs) Will Smith is putting together a reunion of Fresh Prince. And it's just like, this is a -a once-in-a-lifetime TV event that's happening during a -a once-in-a-lifetime pandemic. Like what the fuck? Yeah. Life continues on as normal. And that's the thing is I get, I get from people the whole, um, I'm, I'm over this thing. I want to get out and live life because it seems like we should be living normal life yeah. because everything seems like it is normal. So why aren't we all acting, going out and doing our normal things? And that's part of the problem. That's part of the lethargy. It's that even if you are trying to stick to any little bit of that COVID protocol, it's now weighing on you that also, you're getting a bit of FOMO because yeah, like my angry Instagram video, I'm seeing all these people going on doing things. And now I'm like, there's a bit of FOMO mixed in with that. of like, I want to go do that, well, but I recognize how bad it is. There was a, there was a, uh, a doctor friend of mine who I saw post, uh, uh, something that was like, uh, it's almost hard to believe that me watching college football games with packed audiences, from the intensive care unit where I'm dealing with COVID patients all day, that we all live in the same universe. Like, <laughs> like, why yeah. would you do this thing if you knew about like where I am right now? And I thought that was very poignant because, you know, like I get it. Like, you know, I'm vaccinated, so I feel like I'm a little bit safer than the unvaccinated person who's running. Around. You know, I'm wearing masks even though I don't have to all the time uh, because I choose to be more careful. I'm not doing things that necessarily put me in a high risk, but like. At the same time, like, there's these things that come, you know, Brendan's wedding's coming along, right? Where all the people who will be there will be vaccinated and we'll be outside and we'll be doing everything we can to be as safe as humanly possible. But there's nothing that's, like, 100% safe, you know? He made the mistake of getting engaged right before COVID. And now it's just like, (laughs) it's been two years, guys. we got to get this wedding thing done. Oh, I know. But I'm saying, like, you know, like, you, there's, you say in yourself, like, you know, like a year ago or more than a year ago at this point, but, you know, like March, April of last year, you're just like, oh, Jesus, when are, when am I ever going to be able to 
to live a life again? When am I ever going to be able to do this or that or go to a baseball? I just want to go to a baseball game so badly. And now yeah. I can go to a baseball game and I would like to go to a baseball game. But at the same time, I don't want to. <laughs> like, uh, we're about to talk about the Ravens. The Ravens are leading off this season in Vegas, which is an easy drive from L.A., on uh, Monday, I love going to Vegas. It's Monday night football. It's opening up the stadium with fans. It's literally every. It's a checklist of everything I would want from three years ago when we heard about this. We were like, "Amazing! This yeah. could not be better." And when, now, when I'm we heard pissed. when we heard that the Raiders were moving to Vegas, I said, "I will not." There, there is not a single opportunity in the world in which I will not go to yeah. every single Ravens Raiders game in Vegas if I'm. If I'm in L.A., if it's possible for me to go, I will go to every single one of them. Um, yeah. And now I'm sitting here. Me and you were looking at the tickets yesterday. They're reasonable. Well, you can get yep. in the you can get in the door for three hundred dollars, which you know not, to a lot of people sounds like a lot, but like for an NFL football game and people the who first, haven't been to Raven Stadium, the first, sounds like a lot. the first football game inside of this big, huge new stadium. Like yeah. I, I was thinking that you know the tickets might be six hundred dollars or something like that, but it was three hundred. That's well, a they very were. they were six hundred. Oh, they were. Ago, so. I know. I, at one point yeah. they were, but I'm saying like, you know, they were going to fall a little bit, but you don't know how much they were going to fall. I was shocked they were at three hundred, and I would, <laughs> if it was any other year than now, I would be there. But now I'm not. I'm not going because like I don't want to risk myself. I don't want to go to. And you know what? It's it's one of those things like even though the Raiders are doing everything that they can to say that they're going to yeah. be safe. You know, they they're requiring every person to go in to be vaccinated. You are allowed to enter the stadium if you're not vaccinated, if you're willing to get your first shot right then and then wear a mask (laughs) during the game. Yeah. So I uh, like that. This is a way to get people to take a fucking shot. I mean, you know, I I imagine there's a lot of people who bought Raiders season tickets who are like, uh, you know, like, fine, I'll show up week one and get your stupid shot so I can go. So I can go to my Raiders games, you know, like, but you know, I bet in three weeks, they're going to be like, by the way, we need your second shot now or else you can't come in anymore. Yeah. Like, good, good. They should. If you don't like it, give up your season ticket. But I mean, like, you know, even, even vaccinated doesn't make me feel like super, I shouldn't, you know, and like, you know, I'm going to go to NAB and like, (laughs) I, I, I still have ideals that I'm going to NAB, which I think would be a little bit safer than a football game, but it's still going to be tens of thousands of people people coming together from all across the country to go to this one thing. Well, so So, here's what I have to ask you, Corey, uh, labor day, 2020, how many people were vaccinated? I mean, nobody uh, other than people who are in like clinical trials and stuff like, you know, like maybe a few, a few (laughs) handful of people. people Um, and labor day, 2021, what's our, uh, vaccination rate in the U S yes. We're at like, 60 something percent right 70 something percent. very high yeah high 60s almost 70 yeah. of at least one shot right would you say the cases are lower this year or higher this year on labor day weekend oh higher yeah well logic would tell you they should be lower but they're not they're higher and oh well uh, so real quick by the way uh 51.1 percent of the population is vaccinated but that includes people who can't get vaccinated Right. And, so, and I think, uh, I think the that, number was, I saw that was, was where I was saying that. the 60. Yeah. If you take out the children under 12 who can't get it, and um, there's a certain number of, of people who just cannot get the vaccine because they're immunocompromised, it gets upwards of 60 or upwards of uh, 70, like high 60s. I mean, what? There's like 100 million kids. So 
I mean, Maryland just hit 95% for people 65 and older. Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, this is what I'm saying. Like the, the amount of information that is available to us has never been, I have a machine here, which has in the palm of my hand access to every bit of data available in the history of the world. Yeah. Now, even if I didn't have that, I have a machine here, which has every bit of data available in the history of the world. But if I asked, I asked people at work today, just because I hate myself and I wanted to torture myself. And I said, do you think cases this weekend, Labor Day weekend, lower or higher than last year? <laughs> lower, of course. Everybody's vaccinated, so got to be lower. Now, more people are dying now. More people are hospitalized now. Things are worse now than they were a year ago because the vaccination protects you, but it doesn't protect society and people are selfish as fuck yeah. and it pisses me off, but I'm also fucking getting lethargic about it. I blackpilled myself and part of me is so pissed off. And then immediately I just don't care. Um, part of me wants them to get some Lambda mutation, mu mutation, chi mutation that just kills off the whole population. And then I'm like, yeah, but does it really count as getting in the top 10% of COD players if most of them <laughs> die off? I mean, that doesn't feel fair to me. Um, but luckily for us, the bread and circuses continue. The distraction <laughs> will continue. NFL football 2021. Woo! Yeah, I, uh, you know, well, wait, I, wait. I was... Of course, we're talking about sports ball. I yeah. think in the annals of... The annals of history. Yeah. That will be the greatest transition that was ever made. <laughs> any Comparing the NFL to bread and circuses, cheering, cutting away. To I mean, guys. you know, it's really fucking phenomenal, though, uh, how the NFL does this every single year. Because, yeah. like, it's not like, you know, like, uh, they, they constantly get it wrong. <laughs> they never get it right, right? Uh, they, they do stupid things. Like I know a lot of people who are just like, I never watched football again after Colin Kaepernick. And I can completely and totally understand why they feel that way. I uh, mean, that's dumb, but sure. No, but I'm saying like, you know, I know people who, who are just like, I'm, I'm done. I, I'm not being a part of this league anymore. Like I'm just not. Oh, doing wait, wait. It. Do you mean the blackballing of cap or the kneeling? The blackballing of cap. Okay, yeah. the black ball of cap. I get it. Yeah. No, I thought you were you're were talking about the idiots who were like, I'm not well, gonna I mean, the because I mean there, there were those people too, but that was <laughs> I mean, like that's dumb. It that really doesn't affect you. But then a B two flew over the stadium and they were like, you know what, these guys do like America. <laughs> you got me. I'm back. Well, of course the B two was paid for by the US government. <laughs> just part so, of that one point five trillion dollar war we've been fighting. Yeah, you know, just anytime you're thinking about like, you know, like how the government could more efficiently spend my tax dollars. Just realize that 50,000 of those tax dollars are involved in a flight over the stadium of every single stadium across the country, even if you play in a dome, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. It's but not the like they're saving outside. money on dome stadiums. No, no, no. They're flying over. <laughs> they're flying over in Minnesota just also, the same. What They'll about show the, it on the uh, video board of the planes <laughs> flying over top of the stadium that you can't see. What about the, the latest Michael Bay movie? 100% supported by the U.S. military. Just <laughs> yeah. oh, He's on a ship. Is it a positive view of America or America's terrorists? Positive? Great. Let's give him some money and free access to all yeah. the military hardware he wants. He wants to blow up seven tanks 
We could find a seven. I mean, we, we were going to de- decommission seven tanks, weren't we? <laughs> I think we could buy some. I mean, look, it's Michael Bay. Come on. I mean, we were just going to give it to the Baltimore County to Police Department, but they have enough. So I think we're. They I also we're... blew up seven tanks. So I mean, <laughs> the record's about the same. And I mean, listen, we, we sell. I mean, to be fair, to they blew it up just for fun. They, they, <laughs> we, we sell. They were like, to what Mexico. are we going to do with the 15 tanks we already have? Like, we, we sell arms to Mexico. Their executive nearly as corrupt as the one in Baltimore. <laughs> so, I mean, really, what are, are we going to split hairs here? Come on, let's go. Um, but yes, NFL is back. I'm so excited. <laughs> you were an abused spouse. You just talk shit about him the whole time. And you're like, but in the end, but I I'm love saying, him. And, uh, you know, I'm what saying, am I going to do? I mean, really, it's, it's kind of amazing. Like, uh, you know, like, <laughs> think about, like, uh, all the awful relationships you've had with sports leagues over your lifetime. And how many times the NFL has been involved in one of these stories, like concussions, yeah, PTSD, or, you were just concussions like all the, or anything, terrible and then, relationships. And I was like, and then you're like, I'm done. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, the NFL draft comes around, you find out the new player you're getting and you've never heard of them, but you're really excited because you're like, oh, my God, maybe this wide receiver out of Minnesota will save the day. <laughs> like I think you're, you're describing yourself there because I walked into our fantasy draft yesterday knowing <laughs> nothing except for, I can't, honestly, I can't say I knew that Brady was still in Tampa. I looked to see what, <laughs> like, who's a quarterback in Tampa? Just to make sure he wasn't trying to take over some other. <laughs> He's just like, you know what? I'm well, going to no, do, do it again this time. with. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to do it again this time with the Lions. Go ahead and doubt <laughs> me again. Go ahead and doubt <laughs> me. <laughs> I was going to pick up a wide receiver, and then I was like, Tampa Bay. Well, wait a second. Is Brady still in Tampa Bay? Because that guy might get some receptions. I don't know. He's not running it anymore, so we'll see. Well, Rob lived through Jameis in, in Tampa, so he doesn't want to. Twice. That's what I was like, thinking. I'm get, talk about a few spouse. I picked him up a second time. I mean, but I also picked up Saquon for the second season in a row because, you know. You can't help yourself. I can't help myself. It was the end of round one. He was still available. Come on, guys. What are you doing? Uh, so, you know, obviously if you want, uh, if you want all the stats and the X's and O's and everything like that, you're going to another podcast. We're just going to have a little, oh, a little free form discussion about the, uh, check out Corey's other podcast, the sports focused <laughs> podcast that he does weekly that posts regularly. Uh, what's that? What's the podcast called? I was, uh, uh, I didn't never do that. I didn't ever. Oh, that. okay. All right. I feel like that would be a good, uh, you know, that'd be a good thing to do. If only you had extra time. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, I, uh, Roberto was asking me about uh, player NFL players. He's just like, who's the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers? And I'm like, Aaron Rodgers? He's just like, how do you know that? I'm like, that, that one's easy. <laughs> he used to fuck a girl I was really into. I don't, he, I don't know. And he just kept asking, uh, just by coincidence, he was asking me like the most famous players in the NFL. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah? Well, who's the running back for the Carolina Panthers? And I'm like, CJ <laughs> Christian McCaffrey. It's just like, how do you know that? It's like, he's going to go number one in the fantasy. <laughs> I know the, the, that's how I know that. Like, like, come on guys. Come on. <laughs> like, first of all, first, how does Roberto know the Carolina Panthers are a team? I feel like he doesn't even know that that's a team. He's just like, what state doesn't have a team? Me, Carolina. Me and, me and him, me and him have, uh, have run through the teams a couple times because he wanted to learn them. So I helped him learn the teams. I would really like you to talk about a fictional team with him so that he goes into some conversation <laughs> with a third party. The Talking Topeka, about the, uh, the Topeka barnstormers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> He's like barnstormers look real good this year. Uh, uh, Corey Metcalf. Um, 
looking amazing. I think he is going to really kill it in the. Um, I can't the, wait for uh, the for their starting quarterback Sarge Flanagan to. <laughs> <laughs> and their double back looks really great. Uh, you know, halfback not so well. Quarterback mm, double back though, they got it. They got that sewn up. So I would like to teach him like wrong positions. <laughs> like one day he runs into like. He's like, oh, I ran into Matthew Barry, so I thought I'd ask a question on your behalf. And I said, who's the best bubble option that I should be picking up? And he's just like, what is a bubble option? And I was like, come on, so you, you should know, know more this. than Matthew come Barry. On, yeah. Come on, you're Matthew Barry. You're supposed to know this shit. Yeah, then next episode of, course, of the podcast. This goes out to a guy named Corey in L.A. Of course. Of course. What the fuck are you even talking about? Of course, he runs up and talks to Matthew Barry from the IT crowd. and <laughs> Matthew Barry from the fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, venerable british comedian matthew barry <laughs> yeah by the way who also uh is just like oh uh bubble back uh let's uh leon finkster <laughs> yeah sure that's good to me and then repair to just comes back like finster that's who we need to, we need to pick up finster in the fantasy league so <laughs> it's like the blind leading the blind over here <laughs> You know what? But Rachel would pick him up. Rachel would be Rachel absolutely would because he's Rachel, cute. <laughs> Rachel would be on the on the players list going like Finsta. <laughs> Where do I find Rachel this? Rachel would Finsta? be in round sixteen <laughs> yelling at you for picking up the player that she had already planned to pick up, who just happened to be the best player still available. <laughs> still available on the board. I'm five picks ahead and she's just like, God damn it, you took my player. <laughs> but listen, how many years have we been doing this? <laughs> What are we complaining about to, right now? I hate to tell you this, but I think Nick Chubb was going to be gone by the next time you picked, <laughs> regardless of what I did. So, um, you gotta yeah, be like he, me. You got to pick up Mahomes in round two. Just make the bold move. NFL preview here. Uh, yeah. I guess let's start with the what we care most about. What do you What do you think the the outlook for the Ravens is here? Uh, I am going to go over under two. Times that uh, Lamar gets COVID this season. That's that's my uh, well, uh, my pick. Well, I will uh, I will have you this. Uh, we'll tell you this. Uh, uh, I've heard some uh, secret whisperings that uh, Lamar might have gotten his COVID vaccine or gotten uh, his first shot. So did they trick him and tell him it was performance enhancing drugs? And uh... <laughs> no, I think they, I think they just uh, uh, something tells me that Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta, after the second time that Lamar got COVID, just like. <laughs> pulled up the chairs backwards in front of him and sat down like, Hey champ. Hey champ. Uh... Let's talk to you a little bit. <laughs> like you to meet my friend, Dr. Mawari. He's from Johns Hopkins university and he's an infectious disease specialist. Uh, and he would uh, like to explain to you what COVID is and what the vaccine does and how that might be beneficial. You got uh, some of them <laughs> horse pills for me. You got that horse pill. <laughs> yes. It's in a shot form now. I was hearing on Joe Rogan about it. It's like, no, nah. <laughs> All right, so oh, Lamar, a hundred percent. So this guy is this guy is a much more uh, well-known authority on this than Joe Rogan. <laughs> so perhaps we should listen. First to him. of all, there's no more well-known authority than Joe Rogan <laughs> on any topic. I don't know why you would even suggest. But uh, listen, um, Ravens look good uh, if Lamar stays healthy and if they can keep somebody alive in the backfield. Um, did you see the uh, Levante uh, Levante Bell? Levy on Bell, yeah. Levy on Bell story, yes. And uh Levanta um Devonta Freeman. Yeah. Freeman, yes. Uh getting workouts. Yes. Uh so. I've also heard that Levy on Bell has signed to the Ravens practice squad. So Ooh. there's that. 
Yeah, you know what? Baltimore, the place where old players go to die. Listen, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of torn on this one though, because uh, I will obviously, pick up obviously there is there is need because the Ravens' only uh, proven running back at this point is uh, Gus Edwards. Oh, uh, you mean who's left? The who's only left, one left. The one left. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> uh, Justice Justice Hill uh, tore his ACL in practice like two days ago. So yeah. that's not good. Nope. Um, but we will. Uh, I, I think uh, you know if if there's anywhere where Le'Veon Bell is going to be able to like turn his career around and uh, find a, a way to relevance again i think it's in this ravens running system because it's just built to allow people to be successful dynamic Um, running yeah i'm kind of surprised though that he's even uh still getting jobs in the league because uh he uh he did a when he got cut by the the chiefs he was just like andy reed's the worst coach he don't care about his players he like he hates us like you know we're just movable pieces to him and it's just like saying that like uh Jimmy Carter is like a fucking well-known narcissist and like, yeah. doesn't yeah. care about poor people. It's just like he's only looking out for his bottom line. It's just like I don't know if we're talking about the same person. <laughs> like, president? The, the, former the president Jimmy houses? Carter. Yeah, the guy <laughs> the guy, year old house builder? The guy who fell off a house and went to the hospital and took one day off from building houses and then went back and built more houses? Like that guy? Is that the one who doesn't <laughs> He, who he only cares about himself, arm. like... Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, cool. Uh, I so, mean, listen, I don't know him, so maybe, maybe he, you're right. I don't know. He, I don't know. When he threw Andy Reid under the bus like that, pretty much the most respected coach in the entire NFL at the moment, like, uh, there were a lot of people who were just like, oh, well, I guess he doesn't want to work anymore. I guess that's his way of saying I quit. I don't want to be an NFL player anymore. Uh, but you know, desperate times. So the Ravens. I was going to say, here's the thing: talent (laughs) will always pay. That's the problem. And uh, you know, listen, uh, what are you going to do? Uh, we need a running back. Uh, who we got out there? (laughs) Who is available? No, no, no. We're not going to get him. Who other than Colin Kaepernick is available? (laughs) (laughs) Who other than Colin Kaepernick and Aaron Reed is available available right now? The Ravens were going to give Cap a try too, but then his wife or girl had to go run in her mouth. I mean, listen, I. You know, I I feel bad for Cap, but that really probably was his chance, and then she uh, fucking blew it. How's a uh, Livian's uh, love romance? What's his love like? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he's going to be comparing Ray Lewis to fucking <laughs> <laughs> fucking uh, Samuel Jackson and Django Unchained. <laughs> I think we can, <laughs> or oh, or, God. That was or a crazy Steve, season. That was a crazy Steve, bit. That thing to happen. <laughs> Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, there was like whisperings that Colin Kaepernick would sign with the Ravens. Uh, it's like a backup. Came and worked out. Came and worked out. Did a whole bunch of stuff. I don't even. I don't think there was a workout. I think they were gonna schedule the workout, if oh, I remember yeah, correctly. And then yeah. uh, uh, out came uh, the girlfriend who said like uh, a live look at Ray Lewis and Steve Bashotti right now, and it was <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson and Leo from Django Unchained. Yeah. Basically yeah. saying like an uncle, <laughs> a house slave and a fucking slave master. It's just not like, what you want to say about the, the people who are about to give you a million dollars. This is not endearing you to your potential <laughs> employer. That's all I'm saying. Um, mm. Back to the question at hand. 
the Ravens. Uh, yeah, here, what do you, you, what do you, you take over? Give us, you know, no, I listen, I, I, I hope the Ravens do well, but I don't know fuck all about what's going on. Uh, cause, uh, I think there's more important things in the world than sports. So here you, uh, you do the whole NFL. You, you just pontificate for a minute. I'm going to, I'm going to stop, uh, <laughs> commenting cause I, I'm just really, uh, bringing my black pilling in here. So. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I'll say this. I think, uh, I think the Ravens have all the talent and ability to win a Super Bowl if they wanted to. Um, the offense, the defense, the special teams all looks good. Uh, I like the moves that they did to solidify the wide receivers. Now, if all of them could be healthy at the same time, that would be a love, uh, wonderful uh, change of pace. Um, I think that we're better than the Browns, just generally speaking. I think we're the best team in the division. I feel like we should be able to win the division and go far in the playoffs. I think that Lamar has been uh, under under uh, undersold here, and people think that he is not capable of doing great things that I think he is capable of. The one thing that always bothers me about the Ravens and always makes me worried going into a season like this is uh, there's been a long history of, on this podcast in particular, where I say the Ravens look like they could win a Super Bowl. <laughs> All the things are in line. Uh, I'm going to say that they're going to win 12 games this year or something. You know, like I'm going to come out with some big prediction. Um, they're going to they're gonna get number two in the conference and they'll have 12 wins and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then every year I do that where I, I think it's going to be incredible is a year where everyone gets hurt and the whole thing like just sort of falls apart. Uh, which is not any of the players' fault or, like, you know, the team's fault. It's just, like, how it happens sometimes. So, uh, and whenever I say that uh, this doesn't look like a very good team, somehow they manage to win. Uh, and because I'm already worried <laughs> that uh, half our running backs are hurt for the year and, uh, you know, like, our first-round pick is out with surgery and uh, Hollywood Brown uh, didn't practice at all or didn't work out at all during the – training camp because of a hamstring injury. Uh, I'm going to predict that the Ravens will go 1-16 this upcoming season. Uh, we'll beat the Bengals once. Uh, mm-hmm. And other every other game we'll lose. Uh, because I can't... I, I, I need this team to be really good this year. I gotta, I gotta go... I gotta go with the low ball prediction, like the worst possible outcome prediction to uh, help ensure myself that I don't find myself in a place where I say that they're gonna win like 12 or 13 games and go to the playoffs and win the Super Bowl or something like that because uh, I can't have that kind of egg on my face right now. I just need this. So there's so many things wrong with this world. I just need this to be good for for poison black pill too. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Give it, give up, <laughs> give up all hope. Giving up all hope is freedom. <laughs> I'm going to take the verbal pill. The please just let the Ravens be good. I can deal with anything else. <laughs> like, like the Orioles constant losing. Don't care. <laughs> it's fine. Like I, you know, I was watching the Orioles this weekend because they were playing the Yankees, and I can't help myself. Uh, and just self abuse, really. But I mean, like this team, this team is awful. Like we we all we all agree this team is awful. And I really want, you know, the Orioles to go back to winning. But I know it's just not. You know, we're not like one year away from having a World Series champion. You know, like it'll take a little bit longer than that. So we're all gonna have to be patient. But I love when our shitty Orioles team filled with like little spark plugs go out there and beat the Yankees two out of three in the Bronx because I just love going on Twitter after the fact and like looking through like hashtag Yankees and just looking at all these people like 
explode, you know? But I know, I know where they're Incredible. coming from because they think they're supposed to win a championship and everything's going wrong and they're losing the fucking Orioles. <laughs> I mean, like, I get that. As a Ravens fan, I'm like, you know, like, if we went into this fucking season and we dropped two to the Bengals, I'd be like, the fucking Bengals! <laughs> How dare you? How dare you lose these games? So, um... Corey's true demeanor comes out now. <laughs> the shade and frown is strong. He just really likes the pain of others. <laughs> I just really... <laughs> I just I can identify with it so so strongly, you know. One day the Orioles will be good, and we'll lose to the Royals, and I'll feel really dumb for it. But like you know, in the meantime, being <laughs> having come from like a bad team and like rooting for a good team at the same time, like I'm at this point where like I just really need the Ravens to not disappoint me. That's that's like my number one. Just do whatever you can to don't disappoint me. That's all. That's all I'm really hoping for this season. Uh, this well, much, it- like when they when the. <laughs> At Notre Dame, they had the sign on the way out the tunnel where it's like, play like a champion today. Like, yeah. if they could just hit a sign that says, like, please don't disappoint Corey on this afternoon, like, that would just be great. Like, play strong. Doesn't matter if you win or lose. <laughs> just, win, but play strong. <laughs> just give give him enough to be able to go to some fan of, an, of a rival team tomorrow and just be like, well, you know, if that referee didn't screw us on that third down call, then <laughs> perhaps we would have won that one. You know, like... <laughs> Well, you know where you can find uh, another, well, tons of great examples of shade and fraud? Uh, hold on. Let me look up. Uh, oh, the anthem.com. Cordo, the anthem.com. Oh, the anthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line, 443-219-7595. What's the number again? 443-219-7595. Uh, you can find me at my website, CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com, Facebook.com, forward slash CoreyBakerFilm, and at LegendsV5 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, what about YouTube? What about YouTube, Corey? <laughs> Uh, there is a YouTube channel. Uh, you know, it's funny this week I said to myself, uh, like I, I had like three moments where I was just like, oh man, that'd be like, make a great YouTube video. And then none of that transferred into me picking up a camera or doing anything. So, uh, uh, soon question mark. I, <laughs> I feel like I have to batch a bunch of content before this baby comes. So okay, luckily you don't have any big <laughs> events coming shortly. So yeah. Constant creation, so the baby. <laughs> That's uh, and I've just, I um, <clears throat> I just got to fast forward a a preview, if you will, of the tragedy and terror that the next few years will bring, of Corey repeatedly doing the voice <laughs> the of baby. Myra from Shit's Creek. Every time we reference it, it'll be, but the baby. <laughs> I already said I'm gonna have to unfriend everyone from Facebook because it'll just be baby pictures all day, every day, and I'll lose respect for everyone. So, well, just unfollow Rachel because she's the one who's gonna do that. So she's gonna want to force you to repost them, putting, putting like the baby on the me. like I'm three months old today and stuff like that. She's already on top of that. So, oh, I, I've already seen the sheet. It's got days on it. It's just day one, <laughs> day two, day three, day nine hundred seventy-three. Well, did, did you hear? Uh, uh, Brooks's first birthday is coming up here soon, and uh, Roberto was saying that uh, uh, he's not going to be our friend anymore if we throw a birthday party for a dog. So, yes, I I, I resound that sentiment. Um, also, he's seven, <laughs> not one. So, you missed the seven, the first birthday a long time ago. Anyway, <laughs> you can first, find more the first trip around the sun. You can find more sunny, cheery, 
uh, amazing content like that from me on social media at Robert and Sheik. Um, certainly not stuff about being black pilled and how everybody sucks and I hate them all. Um, there's a lot of that. Also, uh, Robert and where you can find links to all the stuff I'm working on. Uh, YouTube, Rob Cheek. Uh, I got stuff. Uh, I literally have four videos now primed, ready to go. And I just lethargic. Don't care. Uh, <laughs> eventually the they'll go up. I, it, it's the thing is like, I, I don't think about it until Friday. And then I'm like, oh, well, I mean, like, so my big post day has got to be during the week. That's when YouTube tells me I should post. And I can't post Monday because the podcast will become announced. I don't want to. So, it just well, you know, it, it's like I spent some time thinking about it. And I was just like, I should post like uh, uh, regular content on Fridays. And then if I see a movie and I want to do a review, I'll post it on Monday. Because then I will have seen it some point during the weekend. And I'll just post it Monday. And then I'm never going to be one of those people who sees a movie earlier than the people who make reviews and stuff like that. So I'm never going to beat yeah. like Jim to market. Gonna Jim. I'm never yeah. going to be Jim to market with a with an Avengers review or something like that. But at least I could, you know, give you like the first weekend it opens like a, a thought. But uh, yeah, none of that has happened. <laughs> I don't know why I way, keep thinking about it. Jim working 50 hours a week, two kids, happy <laughs> wife, still posting content regularly. Yeah. Me miserable barely holding on to a job playing video games a majority of the time can't be bothered can't just can't do it uh yeah so shout out to everybody who uh doesn't hate the world and everyone in it you guys are are what it keeps continuing the cycle of violence um inside my head not really just inside well, my head. well on that cheery note i think we've done good here today <laughs> we've done something i don't know if it's good but as always, you're listening to the O the Anthem podcast, part of the O the Anthem Digital Network. For Corey, this is Rob. Have a great week, everybody. And keep in mind, the hundred pounds of fertilizer for every one gallon. <laughs> Omar coming, Omar coming. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh sad, tragic loss. Just upsetting in all the ways that could be upsetting, but also like a good reason for people to remember him. A dude who got one part and turned it into a money motherfucking career. Well, not Good just one chalky too. on boardwalk yeah. empire. Like, yeah, just turned into a yeah. fucking amazing career of, uh, fuck you parts. Just like, no, 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 fuck it. I'll do it. And turned it into something amazing. Well, not so, only that, but just bringing authenticism to a yeah. character that like never would get, you know, nobody like Omar was ever on screen before. So yeah, just a, a huge loss. Huge loss, and now Corey has to rewrite part of his screenplay because uh, I know he had uh, he had envisioned parts, and now he has to rewrite them. Also, you know, David Simon's going to beat him to the punch. But have a great week, everybody. Bye.